1: So join
0: us for another episode. Welcome back to the Milk Minute, everybody. Yes, welcome. We're
1: very happy to be here. And we have a quickie bit of goody for you today.
0: Yeah. Um You know, we got, so instead of doing a question, this whole episode is just going to be answering a question.
1: (laughs) Yeah, we get questions a lot, but every once in a while we get a question that really highlights a huge gap in Mm -hmm. one of the topics that we've covered. And we've talked a lot about weaning, but we seem to have forgotten a very important piece.
0: Yeah, we haven't talked about All of the bits of weaning. Um, So one of our patrons, Christina, sent us a message kind of asking if we could focus more on the end of weaning (laughs) and talk about sort of some of the practical stuff, like, you know, what happens when you feel pain and engorgement, but also a lot of the emotional stuff, too. So we're going to do a little bit of that
1: today. But first, let's let's thank a patron. Yes, we have a new Dairy Queen and their name is Zilpha, and they're from Woodenville, Washington, and we are so happy to have you on our Patreon, and we have a lot of great content coming your way.
0: Yeah, and before we get into it, I also wanted to let you all know that I did some interviews for other podcasts that you should listen to. She's branching out, everybody. (laughs) I am. I'm saying yes more. And then regretting it when it comes to time to do the thing. Maureen's saying yes, and I'm leaning into a hard no season. (laughs) I actually really love that for us, though. It's a good balance, you know? It's different. So you can hear an interview of me on episode 82 of the Womb Wisdom podcast, where we talk a lot about um, being fat in pregnancy, how that affects your health care, birth, lactation, kind of all the stuff. We went all over the place, and it was super fun. And then... Coming up, I have interviews on the Bonjour Baby podcast, the New Little Life podcast, and the Labor Lessons podcast. Oh, my
1: gosh. I didn't know about the last one. Yeah. So those are
0: all recorded already. I'm not totally sure when they're coming out. You know, everybody does it the way we do, apparently. (laughs) Um, But I think think they're all coming up in the next month um, or maybe they're out already, and I just haven't noticed. (laughs) Great. But I'll post on our social media when they're out so you guys can listen if you'd like to because – I got to branch out much further into like pregnancy and birth. Uh, for a lot of those in the Bonjour Baby podcast, we talked about weaning without guilt. So that's kind of relevant to today. Mm-hmm. That was a great conversation. That was with a DO who lives in Spain. That was super what? fun. I know. It was just, I'm and it's meeting... called Bonjour Baby? Yeah. <laughs> but she's from Spain? I don't know if she's from there, but I think she oh. lives there now. Okay, Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Okay. I talk to a lot of people. I also have some other interviews coming up, so I'll let you know when I do those. Wow. Uh,
1: You get a sticker. Thank you. (laughs) I really appreciate it. In in podcast land, it's called cross-promotion, and you're, like, helping out another podcast while promoting your own. So Mm -hmm. thank you so much for promoting our podcast and doing all that legwork. I really appreciate it.
0: I also – Gosh, I don't know if I mentioned this. I had an interview with Rolling Stone. Oh my
1: god! Yes, please share this. Okay, uh, so can I start though? Yes. So I'm like in where the hell was I? Was I at IKEA or something yeah, crazy? Something. Like I that. was like deep in something. Yeah. I could not get in out the of the maze of IKEA. In the maze of <laughs> IKEA or something. Moving something. There was like furniture involved. And Maureen texts me and she's like, hey, uh, Rolling Stone wants to interview me about the abortion ban in West Virginia. They're looking for other people to interview as well. Do you have a minute? And I was like, I am so sorry, but I absolutely do not at this moment, have anything to give you. And that was like, I I might regret that forever, not taking a moment to speak to it. But Maureen absolutely crushed it. And it is so good. And we will link the article in the show notes if you would like to read it. But what was the experience like? And how in the hell did they find you? (laughs) Yeah. um, Okay, so that was... That was
0: weird and and surprising to me. So this wonderful reporter, I think her name is Tessa Stewart, uh, just cold emailed me, you know, and I, I get the impression she sent out a lot of emails just to people when she Googled, like, birth, abortion, West Virginia, who came up. And I do list on my website that I do doula services for people getting abortions um, or for other pregnancy loss, and so I assume that's why I popped up. Um, And she was just like, hey, I'm doing this article about um, the lawsuit going on right now from, you know, one of the pharmaceutical companies that makes um, the abortion medications is suing the state of West Virginia for restricting the trade of medication, essentially. And she wanted to talk to me because she wanted like a human experience of how the current law is affecting people not just about, like, laws and lawsuits. Um, And I was like, I don't know if I'm the best person to talk to, but, yeah, I guess I have time. I'll give you some other names, though, just in case, because I don't have, like, a big practice. I'm not, like, in a hospital. Mm -hmm. But I do do a lot of miscarriage support. Um, You know, I do have patients who have to have you know, services that have been affected by this. So um, we chatted for like an hour, literally while I was driving from like one client's house to another, because that's the only time I had. (laughs) And I was like, sorry if I drop you because I crossed a mountain, just how
1: it is. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to my life.
0: Yeah. um, And it was a really good conversation. I just, you know, I talked a lot about how mostly how people are being treated when they're going in for miscarriage services or with pregnancies where they need a termination and how their care has changed and uh, and also how clinicians are kind of scared to give those services
1: now. Yeah, because <laughs> um, they've made it like a felony or something, right? Yeah, so uh,
0: that was actually a great conversation. And then I read the article and I was like, oh, she literally started like with my name. <laughs> Oh, my (laughs) God. Which I expected just to literally, I expected to be like a sentence deep in the article somewhere. Uh, So I was a little surprised, but I think it was a great article. I think it covered a lot of different aspects of the issue right now. Uh, Yeah, and I'm happy I did it. And since then, I've gotten a lot of funny, uh, like random messages of people being like, is this you? Like I haven't talked to you in ten
1: years, but I do read Rolling Stone. You're like, it is me, actually, <laughs> like, and I'm a rock star now,
0: yeah, I got one of those messages last night from someone I used to um be in like the environmental activist world with like ten years ago, You're like, who like I haven't talked to him in maybe six years, and he was like, "Is that
1: you? <laughs> That's not what you were doing last time I talked to you. You're like, well, it's what we're doing now, yeah, thank you, podcast, thank you right. for being the only person, probably. <laughs> well, one of the only people in West Virginia who truly does like emotional and physical support for abortion and miscarriage. Mm-hmm. Um, and also great job on your search engine optimization on your Thanks. website, because that I, is not easy. For real. I was
0: like, oh, all that hard work of things I don't know how to do, I guess, paid off. It's working. It's
1: weird. Anyway, so yeah, crazy times uh, Yeah, for my life right now. Well, I mean, this pales in comparison, but I... <laughs> I was actually published in the West Virginia University Daily Athenaeum, like their little newspaper, <laughs> That's awesome. because our coliseum, like the big building yeah. where they play basketball that looks like a shell on top, like mm-hmm. you might have seen it on TV, it's kind of a famous building. Um they finally got a mamaba nursing pod. Oh cool. Yeah, and so apparently the university has put like 12 of these yeah. um, nursing stations, not the pods, but the mm-hmm. nursing stations around and this one is they spent a Pretty penny on it, like over 20 grand, Mm -hmm. um, because it's ADA. Compliant oh, and it's pretty large, which yeah. is really nice. And so, my whole thing, I she actually took my quote and made it the title of the piece. Mm, and don't I you said, love that you're like, <laughs> I didn't plan that
0: exactly right. And now, everybody, it's the first thing they read. <laughs> yeah, it's it, so I said, full
1: court press on breastfeeding promotion at WBU. <laughs> I love <laughs> so that So cheesy, but it's it, hilarious. It works. But my thing was, I requested that they put a sign outside mm-hmm. the pod that yes. said, You are welcome to nurse your baby anywhere in the Coliseum, mm-hmm. but you may also nurse them here. Or That's a good here. idea. just because we want to make sure that they know that it's not like to mm-hmm. shame people out of public nursing. It's just an just extra to provide a safe space. Yeah, a safe space. And she was like, "How do you think people are going to use this?" And I gave her like five examples, You're, like literally to feed their babies, change their diapers, take a
0: moment to have their toddler not run away from them.
1: Like, <laughs> yeah. And pump, I was like, and also it might be your parts. first night out yeah. with
0: your baby, and you might need just a space to regroup. <laughs> yeah. How I use those spaces now with Lyra because she is fast. Um, and I don't need to nurse her in private, but if they're empty, I'm like, I would like a minute to close a door and just let go of your hand.
1: Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> Especially I'm, at like a coliseum where there's yes. people everywhere. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, look at us being published, one of us in Rolling Stone and <laughs> one of us in a small little college newspaper. But you know, hey, a girl can dream. <laughs> I, I think that
0: this is just the beginning. I I think we're going to be seeing more and more of those um, press opportunities for ourselves, whether Mm -hmm. or not we want to take them. It's scary because, you know, you and I have both been in the newspaper before a couple times. And sometimes you have a conversation and you read the article and you're like, that's not what that conversation was. You chose the one sentence I said very poorly to publish. And you also spelled my name wrong and didn't get my credentials right. And... Great. Now that's out there forever.
1: <laughs> yep. They listed that I was a professor at WVU and I'm exactly. like I'm not exactly anymore. Yeah. Thank um you. <laughs> It's perfect.
0: <sighs> but this one, the Rolling Stone one, she actually quoted me correctly, didn't mess up credentials, didn't misspell my name, and I was like, I guess this is the difference between a that West is. Virginia
1: newspaper. <laughs> that is. And also they catch you out of nowhere. It's not yeah. like you have time to prepare an entire Well, no, speech. because they get their assignments like the day before
0: their deadline yeah and they're like well i could talk today because my um i have to hand this in at five and i need to put 500 words in and you're like it's two
1: yeah and And they're like like, yeah i know i've got a full clinic and they're like so abortion and you're like this is i don't want to sound like an idiot i'd like to put my stuff together here i was very nervous
0: because it's a very um it's an important topic and one people have very strong feelings about.
1: Yeah, you don't want to do it a disservice. <sighs>
0: no, and I wanted to be respectful and accurate um, and also say important things. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. And then I actually had an appointment with my psychologist that afternoon. And so all I did was cry about the interview. (laughs) And meltdown. Yeah.
1: And I was like, this was so convenient. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so glad you could be here for my (laughs) crisis after a huge interview. Well, I'm proud of you. Thank Thank you for taking one for the team when Mm -hmm. I so clearly could not do it that day. And uh, I'm glad you did it. You did a better job than I would have ever done with that. So great job.
0: Thanks. Yeah. Well, you know, since we're on the topic of emotional support, would you want to just dive into our episode?
1: Yeah, let's do it. Well, wait, let's take a minute to thank a sponsor, and then we're going to dive right into our episode about emotional support and weaning. Imagine a world where you seek lactation care, and it's easy and someone greets you at the door, and they're nice to you, and they give you a hot cup of tea and let you sit on the couch and talk about all the issues, not just the breastfeeding issues. What a cozy fantasy. Is there anywhere that's real? Oh, it's real, girl. It's real, and I've been building it for quite a long time. My business is called Breastfeeding for Busy Moms, and me and every member of my team are trained in our three major tenets, which is accessibility, kindness, and personalization. If you want to book a consult with Heather or anyone else on her
0: team, you should head over to breastfeedingforbusymoms.com.
1: We do accept some limited insurance, and we'd be happy to walk you through it if you want to give us a call. And that number's on Google. So go sit on the cozy couch with Heather at Breastfeeding for Busy Moms. Love you guys.
0: Well, we're ready to continue, but you're not. You want to stop.
1: <laughs> so let's talk about that a little bit. Yeah, let's talk about those complicated feelings that are stirred within you when your body really would like to be on its own now and not, uh, you know, rely on another human to make it feel better when you're full and, yeah. you know, be able to go on trips without packing a hundred things or worrying about what your breasts are going to do. It's Okay. It's okay, but it's difficult. And I I think the most important thing that we're going to touch
0: on today is that weaning is both physically and emotionally complicated. It's not ever going to be just one experience that everybody has. It's not a universal experience. You know, some people might decide to wean, and they're like, I actually immediately feel better, didn't experience any physical pain, and I love you. You're probably not listening to this episode.
1: Mm
0: But that's wonderful. And it's also possible, right? It's possible for this to be a very normal, not complicated experience.
1: And it's also possible that you thought it was going to be not complicated, tried to wean, it got complicated, so you started nursing again, and now you're like, wait, what what is happening? (laughs) And we hear from a lot of people like that who are like, I just thought we could stop, and we
0: didn't, and that was six months ago. (laughs) Um, and, And, you know... We go over a lot of the physical advice of this in some other episodes, but I want to reassure you, just right now, wherever you are, however old your baby is, none of that matters. You're allowed to wean. Yep. You're allowed to wean from breastfeeding at two days old. You're allowed to do it at two years old, at four years old. I don't care because ultimately we support your choice to do what you want with your body. And breastfeeding is not an obligation.
1: Right. Absolutely not. And your baby loves you more than it loves your milk. And you are important and valid. And whatever reason you have for wanting to wean is valid. Yes. You don't need to have some, like, medical diagnosis or crisis no. to be like, and this is why I weaned because I just couldn't do it anymore because the doctor told me not. No, you could literally wake up one day and be like, I'm done. And that A- is fine. Great. That's yeah. fine. and. You know, you do
0: sometimes have to take longer to stop than you would like, right, depending on how much milk you're making and all of that. But it's, it's good to get a realistic idea of how that's going to feel, <laughs> possibly. And I, what I like to tell people is when you're weaning, honestly, plan it like the postpartum, because the hormonal changes that you're going to experience are very similar to the first two weeks after you have a baby, Yeah, that's a good point. Mm -hmm. And you're just having very big hormonal, like, drops in your hormonal levels. You're going to have so much less oxytocin, Mm -hmm. which is the happy hormone. And a lot of people get weaning
1: blues. I did.
0: Yeah. Um, I didn't with Griffin, but he was four when we weaned, you know. And it was such a gradual process that I don't think that ever hit me. However... You know, while I can say as a rule of thumb, the slower you do it, the less emotional you'll be because of hormones, that might not be true for you. But if you're planning to wean fast, also plan for this hormonal change to hit you hard. Mm -hmm. Um, And make space, like protect your space, protect your healing, because that's what it really is when you wean. Yeah, You are transitioning. You're getting to a new stage in your life. Your relationship with your baby is transitioning And it's hard, especially weaning those toddlers, it's hard to say no because they can let you know very clearly that they're upset and they're
1: upset specifically because you don't want to nurse them. And also, can we just highlight the fact that a lot of times we're weaning at a time where our relationship with our toddler is Mm -hmm. already strained. Mm -hmm. And so we have to kind of separate or not the fact that we're weaning because we just can't take it anymore we can't take the <laughs> yeah. abuse we can't take the, the touch the touch Ugh. the demand and that's fine you yeah. know but I think a lot of people get stuck in feeling like they're punishing their toddler by not giving it to them but we have to kind of separate that in our mind and work critically to really make sure that we are weaning in such a way that doesn't feel like a punishment mm-hmm. um, that way you don't fold. You know, because yeah. you won't last. You know, a lot of times people will do that for a whole day and it's like the worst day ever. And then they just give in and then they nurse all night long and the next day. And then they're like, now I And then I it makes suck. the next try harder. And then I'm a terrible parent because I can't stick with anything. And then we're in this weird loop where weaning is the one thing we want to do, but it's the one thing that's giving us anxiety and also confirming the fact that we're, quote unquote, failing as a parent. Yeah. And we're also like, and I don't even like my kid right now. Yeah, (laughs) it's hard. Absolutely, and
0: you know, to to put it in perspective, I think, especially if you're a first time parent um, or you're only a parent to young children, (laughs) uh, this might be the first time you're really saying no to your kid. But honestly, it's the first of twenty million times, (laughs) and the first, you know, it's. It's not going to be the only time you say no to them about something they deeply care about. And, you know, you're going to have this experience many more times, which kind of puts it in perspective. You're like, oh, it's not the end of the world. It's just like the first step in a lot of new changes and boundaries. Mm-hmm. And I get it. It's really hard because it is, it is really the first time you're having an interaction with your child where they are interacting back. They're telling you a want or a need they have, and you're mm-hmm. saying no.
1: Yeah, and you can't explain it in detail because their brains don't work that way. Right. Like, you have to find a way to keep it simple without making it feel like a punishment.
0: Yeah, and it's okay to feel bad about that. And it's also okay to to banish guilt around that, you know? Like, I told my son yesterday <laughs> that, no, he could not come to work with me. And he had a full-blown toddler meltdown about it. He's seven. He had Mm -hmm. a full-blown, like, on-the-floor crying meltdown, you know? And I was really thinking, like, yeah, this is, like, we just experienced this over and over and over. And in his mind, coming to work with me was very important. Something he deeply cared about. He wanted to spend time with me. And it's hard to say no when your kid is like, I really want to spend time with you. Oh, yeah. I do this because I love you, <laughs> you know. And and that's it's very similar to saying no to breastfeeding. They're like, I want to spend time with you. I want to touch you. I want to hold you. I want to show you I love you. And you're like, no.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> no. And it's okay to set those boundaries. It's honestly why I recommend people start with small boundaries when your baby is a year old. Mm-hmm. Um, Because it makes setting larger ones so much easier. You practice setting them and holding consistency for your child. And they also understand what no means. You have to teach them that, right? We're not born knowing what no means. Yep.
1: Heather, when you were nursing Heidi, did you get thirsty every single time? Every single time I sat down to nurse. It was like the Sahara Desert had taken up residence in my mouth. Same. And my go-to drink right now is liquid IV. Oh, me too. Liquid IV makes your water work harder because it has a hydration multiplier in it that's great tasting, non-GMO, and it actually has cellular transport technology that delivers hydration to the bloodstream faster and more efficiently than water alone. You can also get their immune support blend, energy blend, or even one that helps with your sleep health. My personal favorite is lemon lime, and I think it actually makes me drink water two times faster, which is always handy when you have a screaming baby in the room. I really like the tangerine, and if you want to try that
0: today, you can go to the link in our show notes and use our discount code MILK underscore MINUTE
1: for 15% off your order. That's MILK underscore MINUTE for 15% off your liquid IV today. Happy drinking! I tell all my patients who are brand new parents to put a list of soothing techniques on the refrigerator so they can both remember what they've already tried for soothing baby.
0: I like to put a happy tummy on that list. It's a natural herbal wrap that soothes
1: and relieves pain instantly, and it's so fuzzy. It's so great. It helps babies sleep at night, resolves colic, gas, or constipation. And it's great because it has a little cute animal on the front for when they're doing tummy time, which provides gentle pressure to help them get their toots out.
0: And you know what? They're not just for babies. They have them for teens and adults, too. Mm, So if you're struggling with those
1: period pains, get your herbal warm happy tummy wrap today by going to happytummy.com com And if you love us, enter promo code Milk Minute Ten for ten percent off. That's Milk Minute Ten for ten percent off your happy tummy. Thank you so much for supporting
0: the show. And, and one of the more difficult things, right, is on top of all this emotional stuff. Sometimes you physically hurt. you're weaning too, you're like, I actually want to breastfeed now, even though I know
1: I don't because my boobs are aching. Mm -hmm. You're like, three hours ago when I wasn't full, (laughs) I was full on weaning. And now I'm uncomfortable and I'm looking at my toddler and I'm like, yes. (laughs) <laughs> or not toddler, just baby, and be yeah. like, you have the You answer. have the power. <laughs> you have the power. Or I've even had yeah. some people look at their husbands or partners and be like, could uh, you just suck on these for a little could. bit just to relieve some of the yeah. pressure so I don't have to get my pump out, and I don't want to stimulate too much, and the partners are like, all right, like crack their <laughs> knuckles, Let's get in there. <laughs> Honestly, it's not a bad option. And I do want to
0: quickly review, like we've talked about this before, but If you're weaning, this kind of stuff might come up. Um, What you do when you're feeling pain, discomfort, engorgement, clogs, etc. Because in ordinary circumstances, we're like, ah, yes, remove milk, decrease inflammation. But we don't really want you removing milk if you're weaning, right? You all know by now. Because you've listened to us say it a zillion times.
1: You remove milk to get more milk. And you're like, I don't want more. Thank you. Yes. We're (laughs) leaning into the pressure and discomfort, Mm -hmm. which is hard to do when we're feeling emotionally vulnerable. Right.
0: And especially if you're at the point where you're like, I have spent weeks cutting feeds and slowly reducing how much I express and I'm done. I don't want to express any more milk. What do you do then? And you really do have to expect some discomfort. You can use ice. Um, Cabbage leaves honestly sound silly, but once again, feel wonderful. I love them. Yes. Take something like ibuprofen. If you don't want to take a medication, you could do herbally something like turmeric, um, something anti-inflammatory. If you are very prone to mastitis, as a preventative measure, you could be doing probiotics. You could be doing some food support like garlic. Mm -hmm. Um, or echinacea, uh, just to make sure your body is ready to manage bacterial issues. And you still might get mastitis. But in that case, we're going to say, you know, treat it like you normally would, except we're still not expressing milk unless you absolutely have to. Mm -hmm. And, you know, in cases of mastitis where people don't know how to manage it and they stop expressing milk on that side,
1: they're going to dry up on that side. And it's painful, but it does happen. Yeah, and we will link our mastitis episode in the show notes in case you want to review that. Right, and so if
0: you need to express, hand express if possible. Even sometimes, like twenty milliliters of milk feels better to get out. Yeah, <laughs> it's amazing. I mean, you said that before. I have, and I haven't right now. It has been about twenty-four hours since I breastfed last. I feel fine right now i'll probably be a little bit sore by the time i get home today but yeah if like last time this happened we were recording i was like okay if i just get out like half an ounce i'll feel better and it does it really does feel better
1: yeah that's awesome yeah and it's a good reminder that it's almost like when you're engorged Mm -hmm. you know right after birth and you think that if you fully express there will be like 10 ounces and there's only half an ounce (laughs) And you're like, what the heck? And it's inflammation a <laughs> yeah, lot of times. Exactly. It's inflammation. So just removing that little bit can help the inflammation sort itself mm-hmm. out. And also, it it's a lot of a mental thing, too, mm-hmm. where you visually see it come out and you're like, okay, I did it. Let's move on. I'm going to make mm-hmm. it another 24 hours or whatever. Yeah.
0: And wear, you know, we're going to recommend you wear a bra. That is not super tight. Please don't put on your compression bra. Yeah, um, supportive do, only. Do, yeah, something supportive where you're not going to be flopping around. Your boobs won't be like rubbing on fabric and getting <laughs> stimulated, you know. And, and unfortunately, I do have to tell you, like, just push through with those techniques. Try it for 24 hours. Yep. See where you're at. If you're like, this is manageable, another 24 hours, because usually after that, first day or two, then you're going to start to see improvement.
1: You can also, if you, especially if you took a long time to kind of wean down because you started at an oversupply and you are prone to mastitis, sometimes I do recommend people take a Sudafed in the morning Mm -hmm. just to kind of help them along um, throughout the day. And this isn't something that I want you to take like every day, but you could take but you could do it for like a week. Yeah, you could. Absolutely, you could. Um, Especially during that first initial Mm -hmm. phase of weaning down. Yeah, Um, Or like if it's the very last little bit and you're having this discomfort we're talking about. Yeah, or especially of your weaning to go on a trip. So yeah. we see this a lot yeah. where people are like, I need to be done breastfeeding by the time I go to Palm Springs for a mm-hmm. bachelorette party. Legit. Yeah, that makes it. sense <laughs> to me. Um So in that case, we might need to use Sudafed to yeah. speed things along a little bit.
0: Yeah. And you could also use Benadryl. It'll make you sleepy. But like if you want to take that before you go to bed. Just make sure your partner understands yeah. the assignment that yes. you might not wake up. <laughs> yeah. You know, they're like all those no nos we tell you because they might reduce supply are kind of what we're leaning into now. Yes. Go for <laughs> it. We're like, I know you've trained your brain to stay away from all these things for
1: the last however long, but now we are flipping that. This is also not the time to stop taking your SSRIs oh or my any God. mental health medications. <laughs> Please don't. Please. Please make sure whatever system you use
0: to remember to like support your mental health, whether it is medication, therapy, whatever,
1: make sure that is intact
0: and working before you start weaning.
1: Yes. Before you start weaning. And also, you might want to schedule an appointment with your provider who prescribes that Mm -hmm. for around the time you are weaning because you might need some breakthrough anxiety medication or, you know, just a little check in when you're in the middle of it. Because some people do experience, like Maureen said, the uh, blues with weaning. And so you want them to see you at your lowest, you know, and you can say, hey, I'm in the middle of weaning. I am experiencing this. Mm -hmm. I expect that it is transient and that it will go away. But is there anything you can give me to help me function during this time? Right.
0: And you might need to change how much medication you're taking, what medication, because you're going to have consistently different hormonal levels. And that just changes how your body manages medications. Mm-hmm. And now it's not common, but some people do experience weaning depression for months after weaning. Yep. And it is a very good idea to make sure your healthcare provider is aware of what you're doing if you don't have one you trust make sure your partner is aware of that possibility oh yeah this um, is a big one and make sure that they're looking out for warning signs of depression anxiety psychosis whatever if you don't have one of those like who who's the next person you trust the most who you know is looking out for you
1: And also expectations that partners have sometimes for what weaning is going to look like. Sometimes they are subconsciously counting down the days thinking they're going to get their partner back.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Finally. You're like, you're actually getting a whole new person again. Congratulations! Congratulations. It's not going to be what you think. (laughs) And then, you know, if you do have some depression after, they're looking at you like, I thought weaning was going to make you feel better. Oh, yeah. And I have seen partners
0: really be excited about weaning because they're like, I'm going to get my sex life back. Uh-huh. Yep. You said it. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, especially because, you know, at, most people figure out that breastfeeding does tend to lower your libido, you know, and a and lot of people— your wetness. Right. And a lot of—I uh, do see a lot of partners who are like, I understand that and I will wait. But then sometimes there's a limit to their patience. I have—I'm not going to say any judgment about anything because I don't know your situation— but you want to have that conversation with your partner where you're going to be like, hey, weaning is a process. I'm not going to say I'm weaning today and then we're going to get a babysitter and just fuck yeah. all
1: day. Right. Because sometimes, <laughs> and this is a sweeping generalization, but a lot of times, especially with male partners, a lot of how they function is like a switch on, mm-hmm. off, horny, not horny. <laughs> you know, like happy,
0: sad, you, you know, say a switch and now I'm just like visually seeing a Boner as a light switch.
1: <laughs> That's basically what it is. If they have a boner and it's up, they're happy. If it's down, they're sad. And
0: um, <laughs> I'm sorry, I have to get myself under control. And it's just
1: so much more complicated with us. So they think like weaning's over, switch is on. Vagina will be wet again for me. Men. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> right. <laughs> there are absolutely men like
0: that that many of you live with, I'm sure. And, you know, I think a lot of the time it's just that they don't have the same experiences you do. So they can't understand until you tell them, right? Or you make them listen to this. (laughs) Right. Uh, And that would be fine, too, if there's any partners out there listening. Uh, Thank you, because... We know you want to support the person in your life who's breastfeeding. Yeah, so. you're you're real MVPs, you guys. Thank you. Yeah, um, just expect that it's a process. Expect that it's going to take at least two weeks for your hormones to feel more stable again. Maybe a month, maybe longer.
1: It's like when you come off birth control mm-hmm. and you've been on birth control for years and then you stop it. It takes a good three months before you're like, all right, yeah, it's me again. Yeah, <laughs> your and- metabolism's changing. Everything's <laughs> changing. I always tell people, I'm like, just
0: plan for the worst. And if it's not that bad, great. You win.
1: Yeah. Like
0: for (laughs) postpartum, for weaning, I'm like, plan to be an emotional basket case for a little bit. Plan, you know, I mean, maybe even go as far as to plan the kind of support that I tell everyone to do postpartum. I'm like, could you ask for some meals in your freezer? Like maybe take a couple days off work, you know. Look at your to-do list and take the things off that are not necessary, right? Like you're juggling balls. Drop the plastic ones. Just hold on to the glass ones. (laughs) You know, it's okay. The world is not going to fall apart if you do less Mm -hmm. for a little bit.
1: Yeah, and also sometimes, speaking of that, things that feel more like a priority are spending quality time that isn't breastfeeding with that baby Mm -hmm. or toddler, Um, because that can really help with the guilt, because that's how we've spent a lot of our quality time. And now that the breastfeeding aspect is removed, like, when do you spend time together? So this is a good time to maybe do some low-key hanging out with that kid in a different way. You know, I was going to maybe recommend something a little different.
0: I was, well, I was thinking when I really wanted to reduce how much Griffin was breastfeeding, not wean entirely, but like in the house at home, it was nonstop Mm. that he wanted it because it was like every, everywhere I sat down in that house was like a nursing place, you know? And so I like took him to the splash pad every day or like out in the woods or just doing something and leaving our comfort
1: space. So not low key.
0: Right. Which, which isn't, I mean, it, It was exhausting for me, but he asked to nurse, like, 95% less. Great. Because he was busy and distracted, and he never asked to nurse when we were, like, out as much, and he was much more willing to listen to no, because I was like, not right now, but look, there's the splash pad with other children. Mm -hmm. Go run and scream your little head off, (laughs) you know? Um, That's an option, distraction, (laughs) overstimulation and distraction, if you can do it. Or, yeah, like— Taking the day off of being like, what if um, I, you know, we have something new and novel in our house, you know, and just for your baby to be excited about. Rearrange the furniture. Why oh, do kids God. love yeah. that? I they know. love it so much. Why? Why? I used to, too. And my I son know. asked me all the time. He's like, can I rearrange my room? I'm like, dude, there's like... I would let see you see in his room. How? There's no <laughs> way to rearrange his room. It's small, and the furniture only fits where it is. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, Griffin. But yeah, they love rearranging the furniture, and that disrupts your comfort spots. Mm-hmm.
0: Make a new fort. Like, take like what we do when we're just having trouble existing in the house. Um, so I have this couch that fits exactly. Uh, somehow magically in this like square space we pull it out from the wall and we make a blanket fort behind it also then we clean out under the couch which is nice Mm -hmm. Um, and the kids just hang out back there all day and then I get to do whatever I want
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah so I think a lot of also that that speaks to the part of reason for weaning being that we feel very stuck yeah we feel very bored And stuck in patterns that we don't like that aren't serving us anymore. So really mixing it up is going to be very good. But Mm -hmm. whatever you think you can handle and what your kid needs as far as, like, low-key versus splash pad, you know. (laughs) And maybe both,
0: right? Maybe both. Like, maybe one day you do the crazy stuff and the next day you're like, we're just going to spend time together and read a bunch of books.
1: And this is also, I'm always a fan of phone a friend. You know, like, bring a best friend with you to the splash pad and have them help distract Mm -hmm. the kid So you're not the most interesting person there. Yeah. That's helpful. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well, I hope at the end of this, you're like,
0: I no longer feel guilty about just wanting to wean immediately right now.
1: (laughs) Yeah, you can do you. Yeah. We're just saying take care of you and also be okay with whatever you emerges at the end of this process or during this process.
0: Yeah, and you can also refer back, um, I think it's episode 10, is our Breastfeeding Older Babies episode. We had some recent episodes on managing toddler behaviors. We have another episode on just the history of weaning and how to wean. So make sure you go back and reference those so you kind of get all the information you need. Have your partner listen to some of them if you think that would be useful. We're really happy to help educate them too. And reach out to us if you have a weaning problem
1: that you want some help with. Absolutely. And don't forget, you need a primary care provider. So (laughs) if you have not scheduled with a primary care provider and you were using your OB for the past year or however long as a primary care, you're not pregnant anymore, probably. Mm -hmm. And you really need a person who you can see for regular medical things. So this is yes. my little public service announcement. Go get yourself a family med physician highly or recommend a nurse family practitioner. Med. Yeah. Um, well, there's tons of really great nurse practitioners that own primary care mm-hmm. businesses. You do not actually need a physician, but that is a great option if you need yeah. that. <laughs> but I, I love family medicine, you
0: know, MDs, DOs, or NPs. Because they can also see your kids and your husband and your wife and whoever. And we schedule back-to-back appointments. So we just all go in together and don't leave the room. And we just, I'll be like, okay, I'll schedule mine at 2.30, my daughter's at 3, and my son at 3.30. And then we all just stay in the same room. Yep, it's great. (laughs) Me and my
1: husband are uh, that couple that get our, well, annual checks together. (laughs) And then we go to lunch. Yeah. I mean, really make sure you're taking care of yourself at the
0: very least so that you have a number to call when something is wrong. Even if you don't want to do regular annuals and well care and whatever, we're big proponents of preventative care, but we understand that it is actually hard to make that happen sometimes. But I want you to have someone you feel comfortable calling if you're experiencing a problem that is not an emergency.
1: Yep. Okay. Good luck. You are worthy. whatever you want your body will be fine your emotions will recover your vagina will be wet again and your relationship (laughs) will be different and fine most likely but it will not probably look like it was before kids it might be better absolutely well
0: let's take a little break and we're going to come back we're going to read some apple reviews and all that jazz
1: If you're pumping milk away from your baby at all, at work, or wherever you go, you deserve a bougie product to make that easier for you.
0: You deserve a series chiller. And frankly, I could not live without one right now.
1: The series chiller is an excellent way to store your breast milk safely, and it keeps your breast milk cold for 24 hours.
0: It is the only thing I use to transport my breast milk to and from work. While I'm working, it's got a sleek and beautiful design, Lots of great colors, high-quality materials, and manufacturing.
1: Series Chill also has other products that you might want to check out, too. My personal favorite is the Milk Stash.
0: They have a great nipple shield that actually changes colors, and it's not clear like all
1: the other ones. (laughs) And you know how we feel about that.
0: (laughs) Um, If you want to have your very own Series Chiller, please go to the link in our show notes and use code MILKMINUTE15 at checkout.
1: That's MILKMINUTE15 for 15% off your Series Chill products. Enjoy.
0: All right, welcome back everybody. We are gonna start off with our award in the alcove because you guys deserve to be celebrated. Big wins and small wins. Today, we are giving an award to Ashley from our Facebook group because she just made it to two years of breastfeeding her little booby monster, and
1: we are so proud. Great job, Ashley. I'm commenting on your post right now, letting you know that you won the award. Ashley, I would like to give you the Incredible 2 award because it's pretty
0: amazing that you made it this far, no matter how much further you decide to go. Yeah,
1: Incredible 2. That is a big number, especially considering you're pregnant for almost a year before that. <laughs> That's a lot of years of dedicating your body to somebody else. So Absolutely. good job. <laughs> We're
0: super proud of you. And if any of you guys out there want to nominate yourself or somebody else for an award, you can email us. You can comment on our Facebook group. You
1: can join our Patreon and we will prioritize your awards. <laughs> All right. I'm going to close this out with an Apple review and it's really sweet. This one is from Ash Gadway. And Ashley, I think I know her and I'm pretty sure her name's Ashley <laughs> said, I started listening to Milk Minute Podcast and I was pregnant. I remember thinking, how can there be a hundred plus episodes on breastfeeding? Don't you just put the baby on your boob? After my baby was born, I quickly realized how naive that thought was. So many difficulties can pop up. There are nuances to latching, pumping, bottle feeding, and a million other little things. Heather and Maureen don't shy away from any topic, and they are incredibly thorough, evidence-based, inclusive in so many ways, and have a wealth of knowledge on all things lactation between the two of them. My breastfeeding journey has not been an easy one. My baby didn't latch for the first time. Six weeks, I was pumping, using formula, and incredibly discouraged as none of this was my plan. I kept trying to latch my baby, and one day at six weeks old, he latched. I know for a fact I would not have had the confidence to persevere and continue to pump and keep putting my baby to the boob without Heather and Maureen. My baby is now four months old. With the help of the Milk Minute podcast and meeting with Heather one on one, which I also highly recommend, I was able to boost my supply enough to feed my baby with only my milk. I even have a freezer stash, which is small but growing. If you are pregnant, breastfeeding, or just want a safe place to get the most up-to-date and tastefully delivered information on all things lactation, you're in the right place. Ashley G. That was very sweet yeah. and detailed. <laughs> I know. Great job, Ashley. Thank you so much. And these Apple reviews really help to support the show, everybody. and They do. How many do we have? Like over 400 now? We
0: have so many, and I really appreciate it. Um, easy, easy, free ways that you can support the show would be following our social media, commenting on posts and videos. When you see them, um, saving them on your social media, you know, there's a save option on TikTok and whatever. Weirdly, that stuff boosts us more. I don't know why. And also tell your providers. Sharing it, right? Just like texting the link to a friend. That helps us. Tell your healthcare providers. Tell your friends. Leave us a review. Press the little
1: plus button on Apple to follow us. All that. Uh, We have 399 reviews, so if anyone could just round that out for us, that would be great. (laughs) (laughs) Who's going to be 400? Who's it going to (laughs) be? That's very exciting. Well, um, thank you guys so much for listening to another episode. The way we change this big system that is not set up for lactating parents is by educating ourselves, our loved ones, our providers, and anyone else that will listen. We would deeply appreciate it if you joined our
0: Patreon at any level that we offer, um, that is one of the big ways that we support the show and that we can continue making episodes for you. Yes, we love you guys, and we are so happy to do it. Uh, until next time, bye-bye. Bye-bye.
1: It's a minute.